0: Welcome to the Scale Up Valley podcast, where we bring the best leaders in the world to help you scale from 1 million to 100 million, from 100 million to 1B, and from 1B to 1Tree. Uh, as you know, we are in a very different context uh, nowadays. It's not a very good topic to talk about scaling up in the present uh, crisis that we are all uh, living so it's much more about how to navigate uh, during war times and how to keep everyone on, on the same page as we, um, as we defeat this uh, pande- pandemic crisis that we are facing nowadays. So to, to discuss how, how to help our, our companies survive and uh, go through this crisis, we have a very special guest. Uh, his name is Alexandre Sench, the investment director at uh, Sonai Investment Management, and the co-founder and chief investment officer at Bright Pixel. el welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for the, the invite. That's awesome, and uh, especially you—you you are the 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 one who is starting this special season about wartime, uh, and we we always discuss this rule of the triple two times and double three uh, times, especially on on the road from one million to one hundred million. So uh, assuming that we are able to, to 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 achieve the two million mark, and then triple to six million, and then eighteen million, and then double from. 18 to 36, 36 to 72, and 72 to 244, um, but I would say that today we, we would need to, to shift, so um, how, how are you trying to support your, your portfolio to navigate this crisis, and what are some of your tips um, to face uh, this uncertainty that uh, all leaders are facing nowadays?
1: uh you know first of all we've uh, been on a daily basis talking with uh, all all of the you know the c level uh, teams that we have in each uh, uh startup um so we've had a uh, several dif- difficult hand holding uh conversations um and and we're trying to to compile a lot of information on our side that can be helpful for you know, the different founders in in, in different stages that we have within our portfolio, because, you know, we have early stage startups and later stage startups. And And so maybe
0: we we can stop there. And if you just give us a, a brief introduction about uh, your investment thesis and sure. the characteristics of your portfolio, and a little bit about sonai Investment Management and, and Bright Pixel, to be the best way to start the show. Apologies for going straight to that. Yeah, the- yeah.
1: <laughs> so uh, stepping back a little bit, sonai Investment Management was created in late 2015, and and the whole objective of 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 the the company is actually to deploy. 250 million euros in the market as a tech investor uh, that works independently to, um, uh, to its uh, main uh, shareholder and LP, that is Sonai Group. So, Sonai Group is a large uh, Portuguese uh, based company that has businesses in 80 countries around the world. And their main sources of revenue and profitability come from several retail formats and also a telecom operation in Portugal and in uh, in Africa. Uh, but, and they have businesses in other uh, other areas of interest as well, but uh, uh, these are the two main sources. And so there there was a decision in, in 2015 to create an independent holding to invest in tech investments a little bit around the world. Um, Sona Investment Management um, was created with the mandate to invest in B 2 b software companies ideally in growth stage uh, so uh-huh. ideally from series B and, ab- and a, a, above and three main areas of interest so three buckets of interest one is retail tech another is cyber security and the third is telecom tech um, and uh, but early on when we created a uh, Sona Investment Management I, I was actually hired to head the initial investment team that we had um we we started dwelling and discussing internally that a percentage of the two two 250 million euros to deploy in the market should al- also be allocated uh to early stage uh and then, uh, nine months after we had a baby called bright pixel <laughs> 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 um, and and so we co-founded bright pixel with uh People that came from the tech space, uh, serial entrepreneurs that launched um, as, uh, several businesses in the tech space over their their track record and time as professionals, um, and and so BrightPixel was born with the idea to be a um, a company builder studio with a fund attached to it that could help uh, really early. St- early stage startups, uh, from, you know, from, uh, from several, uh, perspectives, not only putting money in their hands, but also helping the entrepreneurs build out their projects. And because of the DNA that we have within BrightPixel, uh, our angle is a lot helping in tech and product development. Um, And we have a different, um, Mandate in terms of investment. so of course, we always uh, are also interested in retail tech, cyber and uh, telecom tech, but we have a more broad investment uh, thesis where we're investing in emerging tech within an early stage. So we try to find projects that have some degree of distinctiveness and barriers to entry from other competitors in the market. Uh, in terms of product or tech technology that they're using. Um, Got it. And and so that, that's our angle at BrightPixel. So we can enter from pre-seed and move up to Series A. Typically, mm-hmm. after that, we, we we still haven't had a case that Sonai Investment Management picks the bat from there. But the idea is Got that, that Sonai Investment Management is is the partner of uh, BrightPixel one of the major shareholders and lps in the fund yep. um, and um, and sona investment management ideally enters at series b but typically in the last uh, uh, investments because you know the series a's are getting bigger and bigger uh, uh, some of the investments that sona investment Ma- management does typically in the us where you know the the series a's are on average, still bigger than in Europe. Uh-huh. They enter at that phase just, you know, to start the relationship with uh, growth stage companies at that, at that point in time
0: that's perfect and um, thanks for the introduction and uh, in terms of you were saying that there are in in different stages maybe today we'll focus a little bit more on the portfolio of sonai investment management because i believe that bright pixel is much more the road from zero to one million so more the starting up um, stage so um, in terms of um kind of trying to understand how to navigate the wartime to then target again the double and triple uh, targets that those kind of high growth companies try to to reach. So um, what what are some of the situations that you are seeing nowadays in during last week uh, and, mm-hmm. and this week that we are all trying to adapt and understanding day by day uh, how to deal in the best way possible with the challenges ahead? Okay. So
1: you know, the first uh, internal discussion that we had was, okay, what kind of scenarios should we work on in terms of the impact of uh, COVID uh, uh, in the markets, right? And and so we're actually relying uh, in a couple of uh, sources uh, that exist in the market. One interesting framework that is shared by McKenzie is a, a document that they in a report that they're actually updating on a regular basis where they talk a little bit of two potential scenarios. Actually, they started with three, now they're talking about two. So one that, you know, more or less refers that we can have three or four bumpy, you know, really bumpy and rocky months and a more pessimistic scenario that puts uh you know a, a really longer time frame to 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 you know the whole overall impact that this can have in in the markets right? right and 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 having an, and so we're wrapping our heads around that first of all in on a on a macro uh, macro perspective we're closing our ideas of which are the two scenarios that we should work on with the startup. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we, we had already some initial conversations to that extent with the startups as well to understand what, what they're sensing. Um, and then we take it from there. So one is, okay, we should map out two different scenarios, one that will have some impact and the another one that can have a, a really high impact. Right. Right. Um, and, and work in terms of how we see uh, the major metrics uh, being affected by these two scenarios. So, uh, you know, a commercial funnel, um, r- revenues, uh, several costs uh, uh, items, and mm-hmm. of course, then you know, cash available and runway, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and so we're, we're 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 starting those discussions with uh, each, each each startup. And in parallel, we're working internally in a in, um, in a framework uh, to evaluate uh, the the overall impact that this might have in our uh, portfolio. Uh, I can talk a little bit about, about the you know the firm the framework that we're building,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, with, with which criteria that we are using, etc that's great um and in the weights that you know we're still discussing <laughs> so, right uh right. so basically we're trying to create um two ended indi- index uh, mm-hmm. one is a structural assessment of our companies Got it. Seven, seven criterias and the other one is a, sh- uh, a um, short-term risk assessment of the of the of the companies with four criteria actually uh, <laughs> and uh, and then the, the the third relevant issue is the more financial analysis that i just referred to so which you know what is the current financial health of the company and you know the perspectives in these two scenarios in terms of cash runway and and how revenues and costs will evolve right right and so then you can have actually a couple of matrix uh, around this, right? Um, mm-hmm. And a, a better way of trying to objectively frame the discussion internally. Uh, yeah. But because we have to, the the worst thing that an investor has to do, do is is take choices, right? We can't help no. all of them. Uh, we have 32 plus companies in the portfolio now, between, between early stage and growth stage. A uh, little less than half, or early stage, and mm-hmm. um, and so um, and so we we're gonna have to take options, and it's really hard when you have different you know invest investment directors, each managing their own companies, objectively you know discussing <laughs> <just> <laughs> themselves what which should we do in each case, right? Uh, and and so we have to you know we're we're fully aware that. If depending, of course, on, on how this uh, whole mess uh, follows through in the next weeks, we might have to, you know, take really hard decisions of dropping some companies, right, and saying that we can't help, right, and that's <laughs> <really> tough. <laughs> and we're preparing Absolutely. ourselves for those discussions as well. Of course, that's the worst-case scenario. We don't want to take those decisions, but we have to have a framework in place if and when we have to reach to that point, right? Um, nice. and, and another thing that we're working on is uh, we're, we're compiling and getting a lot of help from some advisors about uh, several initiatives, uh, you know, in, in the US, Europe. We have one investment in Asia as well. Uh, mm-hmm. Israel as well. We have a lot of investments there uh, and then country-by-country country initiatives where we can better assess what are the instruments that are being announced and how do they actually work that and in, into which right. each startup could uh, 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 go after them right uh, Absolutely. and 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 that's in in constant flux right so we have a smaller team dedicated to that um, and the third er- area that we're starting to discuss, we still don't have uh, a clear idea about that, is what kind of um, changes should we have in future uh, investment agreements with uh, startups? So is mm-hmm. there any type of clauses that we should tweak or change or add in the <laughs> Uh, to have an you know to to better manage the relationship that we will have to uh, have with the investments the investments that we're going to do right um,
0: absolutely uh,
1: you know what kind of additional protections should we have is th- anything relevant to that extent or not uh yeah. you know <laughs>
0: Trying to, to learn from from the crisis and implementing some yeah. risk mitigation measures for for the future, right? Yeah. Then
1: the fourth area of work we're we're putting that a little bit on hold uh, in these next days is okay. You know, as an investor, we also have to be looking out for opportunities uh, within the chaos, right? Uh, There there might be pockets of opportunities to uh, address a new investment, right? But that's, you know, the decision that we took is in the next two weeks, let's focus on the portfolio. Let's focus on helping the portfolio, understanding what's happening to them and defining the the way we should attack this, right? In terms of portfolio management.
0: Absolutely. That's a very good point. Uh, we always discuss the three critical ingredients to scale that now needs to be converted to the three critical ingredients to navigate war times. Number one, uh, radical focus. Uh, number two, world class leadership. And number three, culture of execution, or as I'm now pivoting to, sense of urgency. And I, I believe that the third one is now. Uh, Guaranteed, because everyone is with a, a strong sense of urgency uh, with with the situation that we that we are facing. Starting with the first one, you just gave an example of uh, radical focus. So part of the job nowadays is to reduce risk and to um, just do the what needs to be done and to keep the lights up and understand what what is going on i think it was jack ma that's uh, explained that it's just in uh, times of prosperity that we should uh, go out and try to um, to fix uh, what is going on uh, but when things are outside are very complicated and we are in a storm we should get inside home and try to not change too much things and wait for the storm to to go away and then we we start fixing um things so uh, how do how do you assure that uh the startups uh, or the scale-ups and the executives understand what is going on and start uh, saying even more no to a lot of things nowadays instead of trying to have those those kind of uh, minds of entrepreneurial mindsets, which is, oh, let's maybe try this new project or this new thing. This might be a revenue source at this moment of crisis. So let's let's pivot totally the company for for this. This this might be very dangerous or maybe not. I'm not sure. So what is your perspective on this kind of entrepreneurial minds that now are a little bit um, concerned about the future and might be changing strategy and even adding more 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 things to do uh, to to the to the roadmap
1: yeah you know first of all the it's funny to have uh, well it's not funny but uh, <laughs> right. to have the the initial conversations that we had with uh, the you know the CEOs and founders of each company and see how they are thinking you know on average most most of them are highly optimistic by nature right yeah and, <laughs> and risk taker that's why they're founders and CEO absolutely um and um and so you know one thing that we try to to ask them is okay, but let's let's try to structure the approach, right? Let's try to think out scenarios and uh and uh of course you're you're it's in your nature not to think that this can really get really bad, but let's think of the worst case scenario and work from there, right? And mm-hmm. and uh and so let's Absolutely. assume that For example, you're going to lose all the leads that you have in your sales funnel. What would happen? What would you do? And and how do you see uh, the you know any potential churn in the current uh, customer base that you have? So, are you already sensing or having clear manifestations from uh, customers that they want to churn? Yes or no? uh what are you doing are you trying to retain them proactively by giving them high discounts or just throwing the the towel uh and some yeah. already are doing proactive measures to to actually to close some of the most uh you know uh, they, they had uh, a lot of them already had deals that were really close to, to signing right uh yeah. and and so some of them more proactively than others, uh, uh, went after those and said, uh, "If you close now, I'll give you a fifty percent discount." For example, uh, right. let's forget the crisis. Let's start. You know, you already said that you wanted to start. You just didn't formally send me the the agreement. So I'll give you a special discount. Let's let's start. Right. That's a way of catching you know some of those that are loose, right? And in, in in the in the final stages of the funnel, right? uh in other cases uh you know we're discussing how should you react to intentions to churn right uh, some already are receiving formal um letters or emails saying we you know we're cutting off everything that is not in social in you know critical for our activity yep. and they're on the wrong side of the table right uh, and and so we're trying to help them define a little bit how they can proactively try to convince them, you know, the customers of doing not doing that, right? And and giving them a um, some months to decide and not decide now, right, or something like that, right? Yeah. Um, Absolutely. So you know, then it, it all depends on uh, on on the sector exposure that they have and. Uh, uh, what what is the nature of their business, underlying business? Mm-hmm. But we're seeing several trends. You know, a couple of startups that we have, for example, are highly exposed to to fashion retailers, and they're deploying mm-hmm. the technology to fashion retailers. And that, I think those are in in worse shape because right. uh, you 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 have several news, and and we have se- also inside information that fashion retailers are being highly affected by by all of this you know nobody is in in a clear state of mind to buy clothes right yeah, absolutely. <laughs> they're absolutely. focused on groceries and and, uh, and health items and other stuff right and 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 so but to the other extent we have several um, retail tech investments that are are highly exposed to grocery retailers or food retailers, and and those are fine. An opportunity, right? yeah. yeah. Or e-commerce players, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. That are also growing, and so each case is each case is a different case, right? So we're trying to map each company's issues and and then learn from that and and share the most of the information that we could can share. And believe is is useful for others right
0: yeah i think that you just touched a very important uh, point that i've been listening a lot those days which is kind of trying to validate with data um, what our perception or our intuition tells us or what we anticipate. It might not be the reality. So just saying, for instance, in terms of sales, that nobody would have the mind to buy anything at this moment. Uh, Yes or no. But uh, first, let's validate if this is really the the reality before Mm -hmm. just assuming it and, uh, and already picking up the phone and believing that the, the client would not be interested to talk with us and uh, maybe we should not call because maybe we are just making uh, the client to think that uh, we might be a, a cost to cut. So it depends on the
1: Yeah, it depends on the nature of each company's business, the product that they have, how essential it is for their end customer, and we—that's one of the dimensions that we're evaluating in each company. Um, you know, some are some are must haves, others are nice to haves, right? Yep. Um, and, and so <laughs> that's tough, right? If it's a nice to have in a sector that is highly exposed, we
0: have an issue, right? Uh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and and. This is, um, again, uh, a very good point. So typically I would say that uh, a normal assumption would would be that SMEs uh, would suffer much more uh, because of cash issues than enterprise companies. So enterprise companies might be much more stable in in those uh, situations. Do you see any trends uh, across your portfolio? So the ones who are more exposed to enterprise customers might navigate this crisis in uh, in the best way. Also because enterprise customers uh, also need more uh meetings and more processes to start cancelling or negotiating contracts usually those are uh more long-term contracts not so short-term as smes so in principle i would say that common sense would say that portfolios that are exposed to enterprise customers would be safer than the Mm -hmm. ones who are exposed to smes what is your uh, opinion about that
1: yeah so most of our companies um have a more exposure to mid-cap or enterprise companies
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, only a few have more exposure to smes then there's a difference between smes in europe versus smes and in, in the us so you know smes yeah. in the us have, are the size of mid-cap uh, companies in europe right Absolutely.
0: um
1: uh, at least a, a part of that market right uh but um I would say yes, I agree that those that are uh, more exposed to enterprise um, uh, companies are a little bit more protected, but then you have to uh, also uh, cross that analysis with the sector exposure. For example, besides the examples that I gave of uh, fashion retailers, you know, yep. we have a couple of uh, companies that work with uh, airlines. Well, enterprise doesn't help anyway. Yeah, <laughs> um, So, you know, um, it, it, it all depends, right? Uh, but yeah, I would say on average, those that are working more with SMEs have a higher risk of, of, of having a lot more issues in, in the short term. I think the the effect of uh, within the mid-market and uh, enterprise segments is a little bit more delayed by one of the factors that you referred to. They take a little bit more time to decide, right? In some cases, Mm -hmm. in most cases. But I think we're going to feel that effect anyways. Um, It it depends on those two initial macro scenarios that I referred to. If, If we believe... If the market starts believing that this is only a matter, matter of three, four, five months at most, maybe you know they're gonna refrain of, from te- taking more drastic uh, decisions. Uh, but um, but uh, if if people start believing that the scenario is a lot worse, I think it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a lot tougher, right?
0: Yeah. So some takeaways of radical focus uh, on the show uh, so far is kind of preparing two scenarios, uh, being very realistic. So bring your CFO uh, into the house and uh, keep your optimism to the team and to the speech to the team to keep everyone motivated, but prepare for the worst case scenario uh, and uh, expect for good news. So it's kind of prepare for the worst the worst, and aim for the best. Yes. Uh kind of and and um and then, of course, protect revenue and protect revenue uh, that will not affect cash, so cash is king uh yeah. in in war uh times and and third as 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 you are doing with with your portfolio also um a great lesson for executives don't try to do everything at the same time because in crisis uh times it would be even more difficult to get anything done uh, at all and um, Mm -hmm. so moving to the to the second point and it's related with with this one of course it's world-class leadership and having the right people on the right seats I've been recommending over LinkedIn in the um, in the past days to create a war squad so what we can't have in a war situation is to have a lot of stakeholders um, involved in decision-making process we need much more an autocratic um, process and, and decision-making process because we don't have time to discuss with eight or nine or ten people um, to, to move forward. So I was recommending three pillars to that war squad, uh, one for the team, second for customers, and third uh, cash. So this would be the three pillars that I was suggesting. So what, what's what's your tips on the way uh, CEOs and executives should structure, structure their teams in, in war times?
1: Yeah, uh, first of all, I think it, it, this is the time that CEOs have to to actually you know prove prove that they're uh, the yeah <laughs> the right the right person to lead right and and it's tough right you know um, it's a it's going to be a lonely job for them right and, and 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 I think they they have to in some cases. Uh, be prepared to take some decisions by themselves, or, or only relying in a couple of people that they should rely upon to to decide. Right, uh, and that's why we're trying to 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 guarantee that they're they're doing the right analysis uh, beforehand, because when they will have to take the decision, right, it's going to be really you know a lot of emotion implied and if they have done the exercise beforehand of you know what kind of levers do i I have when should i decide to cut costs more drastically or not how you know how how can i cut cut those uh, costs costs uh in a meaningful way um if they now more rationally do that exercise now with a couple of people within their team, uh, when, you know, in a couple of months time, if they have to take those decisions, it's going to be a lot easier because they already did a lot of preempting, right? In terms of work. Um, And then it's more a matter of uh, validating, you know, the initial thoughts that they had now uh, with the information that they will have in a couple of months time, right? Um, so I, I totally agree that, you know, for example, in our case, we were creating war squads. We're working in smaller teams to, you know, to, to tackle this uh, portfolio management and risk assessment that we're doing, right? Mm-hmm. We're not involving everybody. Uh, of course, we have a couple of meetings per, one meeting per week where everybody is involved to know what's happening, right, and 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 and, and to guarantee that information flows, right, uh, and but but to you know make things happen, <laughs> we're working in smaller teams, right, uh, and uh, the startups should do the same, right. Uh, working with people remote is an extra challenge uh, because you you have to guarantee that people. Uh, are engaged or uh, are, are well uh, you should try to talk more often w- with the teams and with the whole company um, but then you should focus in in creating small task forces for each issue that you want to tackle uh, with pri- high priority within the, the company right uh, but I also think that one thing that uh, uh, is is key is actually to talk with people because you know uh, we're at least in my my case I start I start working remote uh, earlier uh, because at Sonai Investment Management we decide in BrightPixel we decided to close shop uh, early last week just to test yes. the the remote work processes yes. uh, and so I've been remote for more than a, a week already. And that's going to take a toll, right, Uh, uh, physically, psychologically, in in all of us, right? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, we're with our families in a confined space, and that will impact productivity of the companies. Uh, uh, You know, people are now saying, oh, you know, working remote is great because we are productive. (laughs) Okay. True, if you do that sometimes, right? But we're in war t- times in really extraordinary circumstances. You know, anxiety yeah. is high. We're, we're with our families at home. It's not that easy. Uh, and it's going to become tougher, right, over time. So we have to talk between ourselves, right? We have to guarantee that all employees are well. And uh, and try to motivate those that are starting to lose grasp,
0: right? And and their grit, grit, right? Absolutely. And also what I see is overcoming the fear of being fired as well uh, yeah. as a measure of um, cutting costs and which makes, for instance, collaboration more complicated uh, between the silos of, of the company. This is traditional, uh, traditionally difficult in, in good times, uh, in war times. This might be a, a good way to solve uh, those differences, but at the same time, it might be a way of uh, highlighting those those differences and and creating wars inside the war which is not uh, what we don't want at all at all so Good point. And, uh, and in terms of we were getting from radical focus world-class execution and you anticipated and you went straight away in the culture of execution or sen- uh, the sense of urgency, um, daily is is now the most important rhythm of the company. So, weeklies are not enough at all. No. Monthlies and quarterlies are kind of uh, in the stratosphere uh, at the moment. So, it's really day by day and trying to anticipate day by day and pivoting the different forecasts. So doing the exercise, as you were saying in the beginning, but pivoting very quickly the yeah. exercise and getting more clarity as, as we move.
1: Um, you know, I have a sense that we're all working more, uh, actually, yeah. <laughs> more hours. Um, and actually, we had uh, several startups working during the weekend. Uh, because Correct. Of, you know uh, because they they felt the need to prepare themselves for what's coming right and 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 uh, and work on things that during the week it's it's a lot tougher so I see a lot I'm seeing a lot of people working a lot more right and uh, yep. but the but that also will have its uh, you know medium to longer term effect right uh because mm-hmm. you know you can have some burnouts right in the, in the correct in the process right so we have to be careful of that right
0: correct and and nowadays for the companies who are, will struggle to do weeklies uh, or weekly all ends uh, guys now it's the time to do at least a weekly all ends so the company can't wait for meeting every single month or every single quarter because we are in very special times and at least once a week, uh, people need to be updated about what is going on in the company, as Alshand was saying, to reduce the levels of anxiety and to giving some security, some safety, some sense of uh, belonging to yeah. all people um, no, we're in doing, the company.
1: That's really true, and you're you're stressing a very important point. Uh, we're doing two, actually. One in, on Mondays and another one on Fridays.
0: This yeah. is amazing. Yeah.
1: And, we're, and uh, in the meantime, you know, our, for example, our CEO is calling on a regular basis, uh, you know, several team members, just to check on people, right? And 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 that's key, you know. Uh, you know, call call the people. Uh, put you know, create a list and, and and go through it, right? Call them and ask them how they are and and just share your thoughts of you know how how difficult do you. Times we're living in and what we should focus on and do and because you know uh, We have to engage a lot more with the people. I think it's it's key
0: Absolutely that's that's a, an amazing debate, and we would have so many more points to to cover uh but let's let's move to the last question of the show and one sure. of our favorite ones uh, which is uh, if you would have the opportunity to meet al uh, at the beginning of your journey at uh sonai investments uh, management and bright pixel what advice would you offer to your younger self
1: <laughs> okay, that's a tough one uh you know, I, I've uh, I've been privileged, and I, I've um, and actually in these last days, I feel even more privileged by the the opportunity that I had to start early on in this project of Sony Investment Management management and creating a BrightPixel. Um, I love what I do, um, and 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 that's great. Um, you know uh, m- maybe um looking back and, and maybe it's 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 because of these last days um i would i would tell uh the younger uh alex to think always of the 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 scenarios that you might have in hands <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh and and you know prepare for the worst right like you said uh, previously and um and map out you know take more time to map out all the scenarios uh we you know we've been uh, evolving the project of Sona investment management and Red Pixel over time we've changed our strategy w- with several tweaks uh along the way uh but we never thought of you know these more uh, when once in a lifetime scenarios, right? The the mm-hmm. black swan scenarios, right. and now we're you know we're feeling the need and the pain to think about that. I and mean, maybe if we had thought a little bit more about that, we have maybe we haven't we wouldn't have done some investments and would have done others, right? As an investor, right? <laughs> uh, so I think that's the main lesson that I had in the last. Uh, couple of days and and um also also um another thing that i feel is the gut the gut that we have when we you know in early in especially in the early session that's more relevant the gut feeling that we have that these guys have what it takes to make it happen Hmm. I'm 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 finding out that it's quite relevant, right? And you know, from the several discussions that we had with all the portfolio companies, the guys that we have more more uh, certainties about, you know, uh, around having the right traits and profiles to make yeah. do what it what it takes, or are the ones that are coping better with this challenge that we have ahead of us um that's another lesson <laughs> uh, right. keep believing in, <laughs> in your gut uh, um and uh, value what you have right value a lot more what you have
0: uh, absolutely that's great uh since thanks so much for joining us and for accepting this challenge of being the first guest on this new season of wartime um, executives and, wart- in, in your case, a wartime investor. Um, so thanks again for, for making the time to share your, your journey with us.
1: Miguel, thanks a lot for your uh, invitation. I really enjoyed the conversation. Uh, keep safe and uh, stay, stay, stay
0: strong, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and to our community, thanks for being on that side. We keep bringing you the best of the best so you can navigate these times and get stronger. And get back to scaling up uh, as soon as possible. See you soon and stay focused.